What's going on, guys? In this podcast, I think, first of all, I think you guys are really going to like this one. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over the last five teams to win a Super Bowl, the last five Super Bowl champs. I went over every single player on their rosters, including the practice squad guys, and I identified where or how they were acquired, meaning if they were drafted or whatever. Mainly, I'm, I'm looking at guys that were drafted or were not drafted. So you were either it's in just two categories to make it real simple. It would have taken me a lot longer to do it a different way, but I just went on how many players they drafted, how many starters they drafted, and then how many total players of their roster did they draft. So that's what I did, and I think that it's just really going to be interesting because I've been, I've been pushing back a lot against the whole theory that you're supposed to build through the draft because even guys that I really respect, like I saw Jim Nagy on Twitter the other day in response to someone referencing you know, how the Colts always have cap space and he was, and they were like, but Chris Ballard doesn't spend big money on free agents. And he responded with, yeah, when you draft well, you don't have to. And it's like, there's a difference between spending big money on free agents. Like whoever pays Kenny Galladay is going to be, you know, spending high ticket for one player. And that right there has more naturally has more risk associated with it, right? Because if Kenny Galladay disappoints on his, on his second contract, well, that team is going to look really bad, you know, and if Kenny Galladay comes up and plays better than he ever has, well, then they're going to look smart. So it really, and we don't know, Kenny Galladay doesn't even know what he's going to do. But my take on it is that you should spend money in free agency because whether you like it or not, that's a large part of how you build a roster, right? And But my take also at the same time is you should really try to stay away you know, whenever possible, unless you think if you're on like the Ravens or if you're you're running the Ravens organization right now and you say, hey, if we sign Kenny Galladay, give him a hundred million dollar contract, we are convinced that we're going to go to the Super Bowl. If that's your position, and I'm not, I'm not even here to say whether that's right or wrong. If that's your position, then by all means, spend it, you know, but you better be right. Because when you do things like that as a GM or as, as a as a front office decision maker in any capacity, you if you're wrong, are likely to lose your job, right? Because I mean, let's just be real. Like if you don't hit that, you're likely to use your job. If you sign a guy like Shaq Barrett for three million bucks, and you sign ten of those, you know, over the course of two years or so, and you hit on one or two, then you you know, you're, you're really in a great position, right? It's a different, that's my philosophy is you should be signing guys for two, four, $8 million in abundance and avoiding unless you are really sure that that's going to push you over the top guys that are at the elite level in terms of pay for their position. Okay, so let's start this off looking at the 2020 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, and this one actually surprised me, right? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers drafted eight offensive starters, Ronald Jones, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. And I'm going to say Scotty Miller here simply because he was a starter for a lot of the season and because on the website that I used to identify this, he was listed as a quote-unquote starter. So that one I know is a little iffy, but nonetheless, Scotty Miller's on this list. Uh, Donovan Smith, Ali Marpet, Alex Kappa, and Tristan Wirfs. So 
Those are the eight offensive starters that they drafted. And, um, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, based on the rest of this list, eight starters on one side of the ball is an extremely high number. Like that is that is knocking it out of the park. You know what I mean? I, I, that may be, I'm not sure, but that may be the highest of any side of the ball in terms of drafted players that we're going to see on this whole thing. So um, defensive starters drafted, they, they drafted seven. Okay, that's William Golston, um, Devin White, Levante David, and the entire secondary, Davis, Murphy Bunting, um, Whitehead, and Winfield. So that's seven, you know, it's 15 starters. They draft 15 of, I believe it's 22 or 23 uh, spots in terms of starting lineup positions. But 15, that's a lot, right? How many total players did they draft? 27. They drafted 27 total players in this roster. So what's that mean? If you just look at the 55-man active roster, you know, that's roughly half. Basically, exactly half of the roster has been has been drafted. And that right there is a very high, you know, success rate. If you were to add in the, you know, additional practice squad players, then the, the percentage goes down considerably. But nonetheless, um, that's impressive stuff. Typically, you don't want to see a guy that you drafted being on your practice squad, right? Unless he's a seventh rounder in, a, in his rookie season or something like that. But all in all, 27 players drafted, but more importantly, and the reason they were the defending, they are the defending Super Bowl champions is because the guys they did draft were gigantic hits. And you may not look at a guy like, um, you know, Sean Murphy Bunting and think that's a huge hit, but it was because he's not a first rounder and he's out there being a being a solid starter for your team. You know, when you give guys in the second, third round, I mean, you could even add Jamel Dean to this. When you get guys in the third, fourth round and they're starters for you, like William Golson, that's a huge win. Like you're not supposed to be drafting a starter in round four. Okay, so Buccaneers, good on you. That's a solid, solid group right there. When we look at the 2019 Kansas City Chiefs, right, they, they won the championship. Starters drafted on offense, Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, uh, and Laurent Tardif. That's it. One, two, three, four starters on on the offensive side of the ball. And then on defense, you've got Tano Compassino, who I've been banging the drum for all free agency long. And then you've got Derek Nadai, Derek Nadi, and Juan Thornhill. So you've got one, two, three, four starters on the defensive side of the ball. So that's eight starters. I repeat, eight Starters in the Kansas City Chiefs 2019. Compare that to the Bucks, 15, almost double. Total players drafted by Kansas City, 20. Okay, so that tells you that they were pretty damn good in terms of drafting, well, first of all, getting huge wins when they did win. So it wasn't necessarily that every draft pick was a hit, but guys like Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill are gigantic foundational pieces and um also Laurent Tardif is a damn good player in his own right so and then you've got a guy on the defensive side of the ball in Chris Jones excuse me that obviously is one heck of a player maybe the second or third best player at his position and you got him in the second round so that is really good and then Juan Thornhill's becoming that kind of guy also so when you look at it it wasn't you know it's not a bunch of quantity but what it is is very very much high quality so Again, foundational pieces are huge. The reason for that, if you draft a foundation, you know, three, what is this, three, four, five guys that are quote-unquote foundational pieces that are blue-chip caliber players, right? 
And what that means is you get a blue chip caliber player on a rookie contract. That's very important because when you, when Patrick Mahomes came and took the NFL by storm in his second season, he probably made like three or four million dollars for that season. You know, when you can hit like that and you get that kind of production for multiple years, um, you know, on the rookie on the rookie pay grade, that is big time, and it's it's a much bigger difference in terms of value. Like if you look at you know Byron Jones for example for the Cowboys, like he played okay, okay, and then he had like a really, really good, I think it was his third and fourth season, right? So that's a big difference, right? And, and it might have only been his fourth season, but then he went and got that huge money contract somewhere else. So the point is, by the time he, and this happens with a lot of guys, by the time they actually get really good, now you got to pay them and they're gone. But with Patrick Mahomes, it was year two right away, and it was a whole hell of a lot of production, right? The same thing can be said for Tyreek Hill, really, because he was he was he wasn't elite immediately, but he was pretty good right off the bat. So, um, so again, twenty players drafted, and that's including practice squad. So, if you want to call it out of fifty-three players, you can, or you can call it out of sixty-three. But in any case, twenty guys drafted, not not a lot. You know, you'd like to see a little bit more there. But what does that tell you? That tells you that they're not afraid to sign a veteran, right? or 30 in this case, and they're not afraid to make a trade if they have to, if they feel like they can upgrade the roster. But it's very important that you you upgrade your roster in any way you can. And that's kind of the whole point of me doing this. The whole build through the draft thing is deceitful in its wording, right? And the way that it sounds, it just it sounds like you're saying, like, screw free agency. That's a crapshoot. What's built through the draft when in reality – What's more of a crapshoot? The draft. The only reason free agency has that reputation is because of guys like Namdi Asimov. When you make him the highest paid player, you know, or Albert Hainsworth back in the day, you make him the highest paid player in NFL history at his position or whatever it might be, and he doesn't perform, right? So that is what, what hurts you. You don't think about the guys like Micah Hyde, you know, for Buffalo, who was an absolute foundational piece on that defense from year one on, and, you, and he wasn't paid some outrageous amount of money. You know, those kinds of pieces are the ones that are huge hits, in my opinion. Like Michael Orr, the signing, Michael Orr signing for the Panthers. He was, it was like a two-year, $7 million contract. That guy was a top 15 left tackle in the NFL for at least one of those years, right? The next year, he ended up getting hurt um, midway through the season or whatever with those concussions, and he really, I don't think he ever could play again after that, essentially. But the point I'm making is, that one year, the value was so extreme that Carolina ended up going to the Super Bowl in very large part because of Michael Orr. Now, the media is not going to go that route. They don't. He wasn't a media darling. But if you ask any coach on that Panthers roster, they'll tell you Michael Orr was maybe one of their, you know, on offense, their third best player probably, maybe fourth or fifth, but like really and truly one of the better players on that team. And, and when you get a guy like that at an average annual value of three or four million, well, that's huge value, right? So those free agents like that, that's what I'm, that's why I keep pounding that drum of like, you sign guys that you think have potential, you know, an, an upside guy, and you preferably get them to sign that second year deal. And if it doesn't work out, no one would have like, there, there was a realistic possibility that Carolina in that offseason, the same probability that, that it was for Tampa Bay last year, that Shaq Barrett or Michael Orr, 
after two or three games, you're like, you know what? This guy stinks. Like, look at the Jordan Howard signing in Miami. The Miami coaching staff made a pretty quick decision and said, hey, we think that, um, you know, Miles Gaskin's a better player. You know, we gave Jordan Howard $4 million a year. Just get him on the bench. Get him off the field. Like that, that's easy to be done. And it's not that it's not devastating at all to your salary cap. Right. Um, you know, so anyways, let's go down to the 2018 new England Patriots. This one was surprising. The Patriots are obviously on this list twice. So I went six years back to give us more information because obviously the Patriots team was in large part, you know, still intact. But when you look at the 2018 Patriots, we have this like notion that Bill Belichick is not good at drafting. Well, let me tell you what. He may not be good at drafting in the first round, but this is pretty damn good. This is not bad, right? So um, seven offensive starters were drafted. That's pretty good, right, out of 11 positions. So you've got Brady, Sonny Michelle, Edelman, Gronk, Thune, uh, Marcus Cannon, and Shaq Mason. Let me repeat that real quick. Tom Brady, Sonny Michelle, who was really good as a rookie, um, Julian Edelman, Gronk, Joe Thune, Marcus Cannon, and Shaq Mason. That's big time right there. Talk about foundational pieces. And then seven defensive starters as well. So you've got um, Trey Flowers, who was a huge hit, I believe, in the third round. You've got Malcolm Brown, solid, good football player. Dietrich Wise, just a role player, but he's still a you know, quote unquote starter, more of a rotational guy, technically speaking, though. And then you've got um, Dante Hightower, which I think we can all agree was a gigantic hit. Landon Roberts was a sort of role player slash starter, but listed as a starter. So we'll roll with it. And then you've got Patrick Chung and I think it's Jason McCordy. I always get those guys confused because they're twins. But the point is, that's pretty damn good, right? Those are those are like very crucial pieces to this football team or to that football team back in 2018 and uh you know that's solid so 14 starters were drafted offense and defense combined then you look at the total amount of players drafted it was 26 right so that's again out of a 53-man roster that's essentially half of the team so when you look at it like that and and i know you can you can argue like malcolm brown or who or i'm sorry uh malcolm butler or I'm not sure if Butler was on that team, but the undrafted guys and stuff like that. But it, look, I didn't go there simply because it was it would have been a lot more time consuming. And I think that when we when we have this discussion about building through the draft, I don't think we're talking about UDFAs because as many of them that do slip through the cracks and that will continue to, I think that's a whole separate kind of conversation. We can't really give you like the main th kind of thing I'm looking at here is when I make the argument that you should trade draft picks for established starters. That's why I didn't include UDFAs in this conversation. But of course, it's obviously the best possible value if you have a, a rookie undrafted free agent come in and, and become a starter in year one. There is no better value than that. I mean, really, like if you look at the, the amount of money those guys are getting paid, there is no better value than that. So let's move on to the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles. So again, Howie Roseman's kind of thought of as like, oh, he's not a very good drafter or whatever. Or he hasn't been lately. Well, I'll tell you what, he's been really good um, overall, right? I think a lot of these picks were from him as well. So you've got on offense, you've got six starters were drafted. Carson Wentz, so you got your quarterback there. Nelson Aguilar, Zach Ertz, Vitae Kelsey, Jason, I mean, uh, yeah, Jason Kelsey, and Lane Johnson. So again, foundational pieces, not the entire starting lineup or whatever, but you've got real foundational pieces. You have what, what 
was an MVP candidate quarterback in Carson Wentz that year. Um, a solid starter, Nelson Aguilar. He was a, he was really solid in that year specifically. Zach Ertz, foundational piece. Vitae, you know, backup slash starter. Um, Jason Kelsey, foundational. And Lane Johnson, foundational, right? So I said foundational at least three times. That's pretty big time. Like that, that goes back to, you know, that Kansas City Chiefs kind of thing where it's Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyree Kill. Like that's three foundational pieces on one side of the football. That's gigantic when you have that, especially again, when they play right away. On defense, they drafted six guys as well that are starters. Vinny Curry, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Michael Kendricks, Jordan Hicks, and Jalen Mills. So I know Eagles fans are not crazy about Jalen Mills. You had to let Jordan Hicks walk, but he was a very good player. Um, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, I think, are, are foundational pieces. Vinny Curry maybe could be in that conversation as well, but not, not quite there. But a good player nonetheless, right? So that's, again, that's very solid in terms of what, how your team is built for the, through these guys that you drafted. And then on the other, uh, and then on the whole spectrum of it, that's 26 players. So again, right at 50% of the entire roster, because that was a 53 man roster. If you look at, at a 63, it's a little different percentage wise, but again, I'm not, I'm not going to hold that against them. So 26 out of 53 drafted. So, so far we've got the 2020 Tampa Bay Bucks had 27 players drafted. The Kansas City Chiefs of 2019 had 20. The Patriots had 26 of it, 2018 Patriots, that is. And the 17 Eagles had 26 as well. So you're seeing a common theme here, and that's, you know, roughly 50% of the roster is is draft picks. And, of course, that's, you know, that, that matters. That's big, right? Now let's look at the 2016 New England Patriots. So this team had 31 total players drafted. 31. And I, I went one more year back because a lot of these same guys, like I was saying earlier, are on the roster still. So I'm not going to like, you know, go too deep into this, but I'll just go real quick. Offensive starters drafted were seven. Brady, Edelman, Gronk, Solder, who wasn't on the previous team. Or wait, uh, was he? I don't think he was on the previous one. Let's see. Yeah, I guess he was injured that year or something. Or maybe he wasn't drafted yet. I don't know. Point is, he's on this one. So Brady, Edelman, Gronk, Solder, Nate Solder, Joe Thune, Shaq Mason, Marcus Cannon. Real quick, guys. That's one, two, three, four offensive linemen, right? A quarterback, a running back. I'm sorry, a um, wide receiver and a tight end. That's pretty damn good, right? That's that's and and the tight end is happens to be Rob freaking Gronkowski, one of the greatest tight ends, if not the greatest tight end ever. And the quarterback happens to be the greatest quarterback of all time. So seven starters, foundational pieces, etc. Yada yada yada. And then on defense, you've got six guys, Malcolm Brown, Jamie Collins. That's a pretty big hit right there. Um, Hightower Ninkovich, who was a foundational piece at one point in time. Logan Ryan, Patrick Chung, and McCourty. So, again, 31 total players drafted for the 2016 Patriots out of uh, – that's more than 50%. That is the most of any of these teams that were of the last five Super Bowl champions. So, that right there is impressive stuff, and uh, you know Bill Belichick. Maybe he deserves a little bit more credit than what we've given. Let's look at, and this one haunts me because it should read 2015 Carolina Panthers, but unfortunately, it reads 2015 Denver Broncos. This is almost making me choked up as we speak as a Panther fan. But let's get into it. On offense, they drafted six guys starters. I'm sorry, Ronnie Hillman, who was listed as a starter. So I'm not. I think it was more C.J. Anderson, but hey. We got uh, Ronnie Hillman, Demarius Thomas, Virgil Green, 
Ryan Harris, who's the left tackle, Matt Paradis, and Michael Schofield. So again, that's that's three offensive linemen. So that's big time, right? And then a and then a foundational piece in Demarius Thomas, because at that particular time, he was certainly still a you know elite. He was borderline elite player. Um, yeah, I think I think it's safe to say an elite player. Defensive starters drafted five: Derek Wolf. You guys are gonna freak when you hear this. Derek Wolf, Sylvester Williams, Malik Jackson, Von Miller, and Danny Trevathan. So. The entire front that everyone ranted and raved about with that Denver Broncos classic 2015 defense was drafted by John Elway. I believe it was John Elway. In any case, Denver drafted the entire front. Derek Wolf, Sylvester Williams, Malik Jackson, and Von Miller. My goodness. And then you've got uh, Danny Trevathan as well, one of the better linebackers at that time, particularly in the NFL. Total players drafted were 24. So again, we see, typically speaking, you're going to see under 50% of the roster on Super Bowl teams are drafted. Once, it, like when you look at that, guys, when is it crucial that you that you hit on your draft picks? It's crucial that you hit on the early ones because those are the ones most likely to have an opportunity to be a foundational piece. So we want to draft foundational pieces right to our football team. We want to draft Patrick Mahomes. That's fine when we do that, right? We don't mind that at all. We want to draft, you know, Carson Wentz, who was an MVP candidate at that time. That guy right there is something that's valuable on a rookie contract, right? We want to draft Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Julian Edelman, uh, Demarius Thomas, Von Miller, you know, these Malik Jackson. These kinds of guys are legit. Chris Jones, foundational pieces. But when you're the 2020 Bucks who had, I believe, the second most drafted players on any football team, you've got Tom Brady as a free agent. I think that's a pretty good free agent, wouldn't you say? And not, like, also, it was at a value. Two years, $50 million for a, you know, for the greatest quarterback of all time who threw, what, 40-plus touchdowns. But I think he threw 40 touchdowns in the regular season, maybe more than that. He might have thrown 50 or scored 50 total touchdowns, uh, you know, when you include the playoffs. For you know, 25 million bucks, I don't think you're going to find another guy at that price to can give you that kind of production since Patrick Mahomes is not on a rookie contract anymore. You know, so it, are draft picks important? Absolutely. But if we look at the fact that they are typically under 50% of a roster, the only roster that they were over 50% of drafted players was the 2016 Patriots. And that right there is the reason why we should really show Bill Belichick more respect in terms of drafting because maybe, you know, and here's the thing too, guys, when you look at it, right, on good football teams, if you draft 10 guys, this is my my problem with like let's trade back and accumulate picks and, you know, draft more guys because we have more chances to get that guy. What you're going to do is you're going to draft these guys, right? They're not going to make your roster. Because if you're a playoff team, if you have a legitimate playoff caliber roster in terms of talent, if you draft more than five guys, it's unlikely they're going to make your football team. It's unlikely that five kids that were playing in college the year before are going to come onto a very good, very deep roster of NFL talent and just take jobs. You know, it's hard, right? So what you most of the time end up doing, even if you do hit on a day two, day three guy, in you know, with all these extra picks, what you do is you basically serve them up on a silver platter 
for the team that's actually going to get that value out of them, right? Like how many guys have you, has your team drafted and then you see him get released before the season and you're like, damn, you know, he was only here for a year or not even. And I really liked that guy. I was excited about his potential. And then you look and a year, two years down the line, he's one of the better players on a different football team. That happens a lot, right? It, I mean, it just does because you're not going to be able to keep every rookie on if you're a good talented NFL roster that's just you know the nature of it so my opinion is trade up get better players right get less of them but try and hit on more foundational pieces obviously the likelihood of you doing that goes higher when you draft players that you think are better I'll you know aka higher on your draft board so don't worry about trying to trade back and fill out your entire roster of you know guys that you draft because as much fun as that might be on draft day the odds of it actually turning into a bunch of really good players on your football team is small you know it, they really are like when you get down to to third round you're looking at 30 percent hit rates you know i mean that's just the that's just the math like don't don't shoot the messenger type of thing that's just what it is right so anyways, I thought you guys would find that interesting to go back and look at every single championship roster over the last six years. It's in the Patriots were on there twice, so I only said five in the beginning. But, you know, I think that's pretty interesting. I think, um, let's see, the most starters drafted were 15 by the Bucks, then it was 14 by the 2018 Patriots, then it was 13 by the 2016 Patriots. You know, see, you see it, like 11 by the 2015 Broncos, but when those Broncos drafted those 11 guys, or I'm sorry, only eight by the 2019 Chiefs, but again, those eight were foundational pieces. And guess what? For a rookie to come in and be a starter on the Kansas City Chiefs or even make their roster on the 2019 Chiefs, it was going to be difficult. You know, it really was. So I think that that's kind of the thing I want to I really hammer home about this is if you can fill... 50% of your roster with guys that you drafted. I think that's a huge win. As we can see, if you exceed 50%, like the 2016 Patriots did, well, now you're really, you know, you're really onto something, right? I mean, Belichick basically drafted the entire defense. I mean, I'm sorry, the entire offense that year, 2016. Brady, Edelman, Gronk, Solder, Thune, Mason, Cannon. And if you really get technical, I know he had the uh, David Andrews, the, you know, as, a, as an undrafted free agent. I think that was that year. Maybe that was in 2018. The point remains, when you draft seven or eight starters on, on one side of the ball, like that right there deserves credit. So maybe when we look at Bill Belichick, maybe the reason that his early picks aren't panning out is simply because his teams have been too good to let those guys on the field. You know, obviously that's not true with Sonny Michelle. He just hasn't been that guy. And Nikhil Harry, um, you know, a variety of reasons. I didn't think he was that guy when he was drafted. But I think that maybe I'm going to go back and look deeper at it one day. But maybe we, we've been a little bit too hard on Bill Belichick. Because if, as you can see on his last two championship teams, he had a considerable amount of those guys drafted by him. And then when you throw in the UDFAs, which, you know, people, they deserve credit for as well. I mean, I think J.C. Jackson was a UDFA. Malcolm Butler was a UDFA. Like, that that guy, he can find some undrafted talent as well. So, um, anyways, that's what I've got for you guys. That's the end of this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and I will talk to you later. Peace.